going to answer that from the standpoint of a small local business because, um, I mean, the biggest myth probably in the industry is just, oh, SEO is the, the only way to go. And SEO is important. It's a long-term play, though. It doesn't necessarily work really fast. But for the local small business, it's that advertising is too expensive. And I hear it a lot. And I think, you know, you're just, you're, you're limiting your ability to create a business that has lasting impact and that can change you and your family's life by not advertising. You're basically working off word of mouth. Those are the best customers. I'm not arguing about that. They are the best customers. However, when you get, when you only work by referral, you're going to struggle to build a business. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Expert. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups in the seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Ryan Speltz. And uh, Ryan, we're going to be talking about a few things, including uh, sales and sales management and uh, having a, a marketing focus. Um, also helping uh, small businesses uh, market locally and, and what that might entail and how you go about defining uh, you know your who and your why and also creating marketing and content plans and why this matters. Um, and also talking a little bit about uh, B2B marketing ver and uh, and also marketing local versus e-commerce. So lots of great uh, our topics of conversation. Really excited uh, for Ryan to share. And with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Ryan. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Now, for the audience, um, if you haven't caught it, Ryan was uh, a guest on our sister podcast, The Inventive Journey. Um, so if you want to go out, go catch his full journey there and hear a little bit more about how he got to where he's at today, definitely encourage you to go uh, catch Ryan's episode there. But for those that haven't had a chance to go catch that or just saying, hey, I just want a, a quick overview or just to get to know Ryan a little bit, uh, introduce, introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, thanks. I um Ryan Speltz. I'm from originally from Las Vegas, Nevada. I live in northern Utah now um, in a little town called North Ogden. And um, I've got a family. We've raised our kids here. We've got five kids, 22 down to 11. Um, we're getting less and less here at the house. So they're uh, moving out and doing their own thing, which is great. Um, I've always been a salesperson, but I, um, in more recent years, have been um, uh, a business owner as well. So um, for the last seven or eight years, we've had our own businesses. I've always tinkered with stuff, but <clears throat> our primary business is uh, Connection Publishing, which is undergoing a name change to Connection Media because we're doing more than just publishing now. And then uh, I own a RoofMax dealership with my son. And um, I also do some consulting on the side. So for uh, sales and marketing, um, companies that need help with sales and marketing so awesome well no great introduction uh, a lot of uh exciting things going on with you so so now without uh, any further ado diving into some of the uh fun topics at hand and i don't know that there's any particular order but i think that uh, one of the the ones that at least uh, caught my eye in that and uh, probably some of the listeners is you know there's a 
seems like there's a difference and it's ever maybe ever growing i don't know maybe it's not growing and maybe it's always been there um the difference between kind of looking at local marketing versus e-commerce and i think a lot of times you know as you go online as you uh get you know whether it's linkedin or other things it's always feels like there's a huge focus and i'm not saying it's a bad focus on e-commerce and doing facebook ads or google ads or otherwise having seo and online presence and i'm not saying you shouldn't have that as a business but oftentimes i think it kind of over or, or overshadows a lot of times lo or marketing local and kind of the benefits of that and also a lot of times how businesses should approach that so maybe give us a bit of an idea as to when you kind of look at local marketing, especially for small businesses, kind of what are your thoughts there? Kind of how do you approach it or how do you think about it? Yeah, it's, it is definitely there. There's actually three different um, aspects. The third one would be business to business, which is a totally different ballgame too. But a lot of the marketing know-how that you run into online, because it is online, tends to be focused on either companies that are trying to, to market nationwide or they have a really broad reach or their e-commerce, like you said. So I love Northern Utah because it's super entrepreneurial, but your average you know, plumber or bakery or restaurant or um, you know, uh, real estate agent, they really need to focus on a small local area. And so understanding that local market, first of all, is really important. What, what's popular there? What works well? What do people do with their spare time? That's mm -hmm. important. But I always teach the very first thing you should do is define your who. So who exactly are you talking to? Um, I met with a bakery owner the other day and she was uh, really sweet and a new business owner um, following a dream, you know, loves to bake, make some incredible treats. And she was like, well, everybody's my customer. Everybody loves treats. And I'm like, you can't market that way. You don't market to everybody. So we got, that's what I was just going to say, because it seems like, you know, as a, as a local, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but as a local bakery, the typical answer they would give is, well, anybody that likes to eat is my customer. Yep. That's anything <laughs> from a kid all the way up to, you know, an elderly person. And exactly. it's everybody. In my, and so how do you, you know, taking that, because I agree, that's way too broad. And it's not that everybody doesn't like to eat and you might not have people, but that's not going to be your core focus. But how do you, you know, I love the idea of the bakery because that's a great example. How do you start to define your who in a better sense than just everybody that likes to eat? So the the um, the best example I've heard of this is from Seth Godin. If you've read uh, Marketing is Simple or any of his books, he talks about the minimum viable audience. That means drilling it down to an audience that's super small, but a part of the, the overall network or the overall market that you're marketing to, but is big enough that you could run a business off of them, right? So for example, in your case, Miller IP law, you've got a very um, specific person that you're going to talk to it with that type of a business. And so defining who that is, asking yourself the questions. And if if somebody wants to, they can go to our website. We have a worksheet. It's called the, the who and the why worksheet. It just asks those questions like, what are the demographics? What else do they like? What else are they interested in their life? So that you can think about what where those brands are advertising, how those brands are attracting people in. So um, you can go to connectionpub.com and then there's a marketing know-how button. It's all free. We don't require any information or anything. We just, we want people to know how to do this. Define your who, right? Mm. And then the second thing is define their why, because a lot of you know philosophical marketing people will say, what's your why for being in business? And I'm like, that's great. 
but that might not be why someone would do business with you. So ask your current customers, ask people who like your stuff, figure that out because once you know your who, you can figure out where your who spends their time. And then when you know their why, then you can tell that story over and over and over again so that that who is attracted to it. So let's, let's, and I love that. And I think that, you know, sounds like a great resource and definitely encourage people to check it out. Let's, so let's uh, dive into this one step deeper and say, okay, let's take the local bakery. You're located in Utah. We'll go with, I'm, I'm located in Ogden or that's where the headquarters are for the, for the law firm. So let's say a local bakery, just in Ogden, Utah, you know, services, a local community and how walk me through a little bit of kind of how I would, you know, if I'm just opening up the bakery, I love to make fun treats. We'll say, I'll go with cupcakes. Cupcakes sound fun. So we're going to say, you know, I do cupcakes and cookies and kind of those sweet treats and it's my bakery. Walk me through a little bit of kind of how I would start to define that, you know, that audience a bit better. So with her, we just did this. So this is um, pretty easy to do. The main thing I told her is I was like, look, you're going to get a few people who are like, your treats are so amazing. I'm willing to travel from Salt Lake City an hour away to come get one of your cupcakes, for example. And I'm like, but you don't want to market to that person all the time because that person's going to be rare. However, people who live around you in this area, in let's say a three mile to five mile radius, there's part of an audience, right? But then again, not ever like you got people in there who have sugar problems. Maybe they're diabetic. You got people who are dieting. You got people who are, you know, um, not going to be drawn to whatever you're doing because of whatever situations in their life. However, there's a group in there that probably is. And so when we narrowed her group, her um, who down, we decided her minimum viable audience was uh, local families within three to five miles that had um, kids or grandkids. So parents with kids or grandkids, those were the two that we're talking to. And, and the grandparents one was because, you know, it's 4th of July week. There's tons of people in town because they're visiting grandma and grandpa who live here in North Ogden. And if grandma and grandpa know that they can go get awesome uh, cupcakes, for example, at this location, they can go there, pick up those cupcakes, bring them home and have them ready for the grandkids as they come and invade the house. And we want to speak to that messaging, right? Or if... Mm -hmm. It's summer and mom and dad are busy and they're working and they're trying to figure out something to do for fun after work because they've been away all day. They can run over the place, get some cinnamon rolls for the kids or get some cool homemade cookies. And it's something that, you know, so you want to communicate to that specific audience. So that's where we dialed hers down is people with kids or grandkids that are in three to five miles of this location that would also be, you know, interested in sweet treats. No, I think that that definitely makes sense now kind of following up. So how did you go about figuring that out? In other words, I think that people, you know, once you figure that out, then the, that's how you go to market it. But, you know, and I know, I'm not saying to go through that whole exercise. I'm sure there's a lot more involved, but kind of if yeah. you were to give the one or two minute version of it, how did you go about kind of defining that with that, with that individual or that client? So it's a great question. And it's, it's a little more complex than just, you know, like a bakery is a fairly uniquely simple um, deal, but uh, obviously she didn't have a narrowed down audience yet. So um, we we do we teach what's called a strategic marketing plan, and it's five simple steps. But number one is defining your who and why, and then the second part is, and the the way that comes about is those questions, right? Like. Hmm. What's your most common customer? What's the customer that's most praiseworthy of or praising towards you and says, you're amazing. I love your stuff. I love what you do. 
then that gives you a lot of signs, like a lot of cues where you're like, okay, that person really likes us and here's why they like us. So you get it from current customers. If you're brand, brand new, you're going to have to do a little more market research. You're going to have to look at competitors. You're going to have to look up keywords. What are people searching for on the internet when they're looking for a sweet treat? What are they going to, what are they automatically already doing? Because you can use technology to capture some of those people, but it'll also tell you a lot about your audience. Um, and there's some cool tools nowadays too. Like I've used several times now chat GPT and said, okay, if I'm a local tire store, what are some of the best marketing tools I can do to reach my local market? And it has some good information. You have to, you know, take it with a grain of salt and make sure it's right, but it still, for example, I did that with a tire store and it said, do radio. Well, in our location, radio is not a good option for a tire store because we don't have any of our own radio stations. They're all Salt Lake radio stations. And so mm. he's either going to have to advertise all over Kingdom Come for a tire store. Nobody's going to drive an hour for a tire store, right? So he just keeps it. He has to keep it more in the local area. And radio isn't an option for us in our particular area, right? Every area is different. You got to pay attention to that. But once you know those two things, by doing some market research, then you can start customizing. So another example I have is an attorney who's a family law attorney. He defined his who and his why, and he had two who's. One was a, a, a mom who was now going to be a single mom with little kids, and the other was an empty nest mom, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, where do you think they spend most of their time online? What are the places where they're going to go? And he said, oh, it's Facebook for sure. And I was like, okay, go home because we were done with our session. I said, Google that, make sure that those two very specific identities spend most of their time on Facebook. It wasn't Facebook. <laughs> it was it was Pinterest and Instagram. And he was shocked. He knew for sure it was Facebook until he went and did the research. So sometimes you just got to say, where are they spending their time? What else do they like? If you're selling luxury purses, they also probably like luxury cars, right? If you're selling... Um, Plumbing, they probably go to Lowe's and Home Depot. They probably own a home. And so they're interested in gardening and things like that. So you've got to think about what corresponding things that person's interested in and then deliver to them in those in those markets or in those same areas. No, I think that's a lot of uh, great uh, takeaways and piece of advice. Now, I'm going to follow up with one thing you hit on or at least one question I might have which is, you know, it seems like, and I, er, online is always the first go-to you always hear for advertising, right? Go to, as you said, Facebook, that's always every, everybody's on Facebook and that's where I should go or Pinterest or Instagram, or I need to have a SEO optimized website. And I'm not saying those aren't important. So don't or have that yeah. as a takeaway, but if you're a local small business, is that where you should start? Is that the place where you go? Or you also mentioned radio, you still have, even though may, maybe not as many people get it anymore, newspapers, you have local events, you have, uh, you know, all of these different things that you could be doing or community events or farmers markets and that. And how do you kind of go about, and I, I'm sure it goes along with defining your market, but how do you go about kind of, let's say i you take that bakery again and hey, it's these people that are either, you know, grandma and grandpas that want to have a, a fun treat for their grandkids or mom and dad that are looking for something fun after they've been working all week to do with the family. How do you figure out where's the place to market them? And is it, should it really just be online or do you, or how do you figure out that mixture? The great question. And the answer is it depends. So it's, <laughs> it just depends on the situation, the community. So Connection Publishing, our company publishes a local print 
old school magazine, right? Mm. And we have customers who get the best results of any piece of marketing that they do out of our publications, but they're very hyper local. So it doesn't work for everybody, but it does work for like a local bakery. So it just depends. If you have a publication in your area like ours, that's loved and that people read and they spend time in, then that can be a very good tool. Um, we also have one in our community that's a competitor of ours called Hometown Values. With one of my other businesses, I actually advertise in Hometown Values because they cover areas that I don't with my publications and print has been very profitable for us with our RoofMax business. So mm. you just have to kind of determine based on your community. We do tons of community fairs, things like that. Like looking at what's happening around you and what's popular are super good ways to do this. Another option is to do what's called cross-marketing. If you can find a, a supporting business, like think about Coke and McDonald's, right? Those mm. two market together all the time and they are so benefited from each other all the time because the best place to get a Coke, everybody knows if you like Coke, go to McDonald's because they come in every day and adjust the flavors and make it perfect every single day. It's even better than buying it in a bottle, right? It's just super, super good. So I, you know, I think if you can find things like that, like if you're a local, um, a roofer, for example, we don't do roofing with RoofMax, we do roof treatments. Well, there's a local uh, roofing company here that we work with all the time. Like we can co-market together because if somebody's too far gone for our treatments, they're going to need a roofer. So find partnerships like that, find people you can work with. But to answer the question, that was kind of a, a verbose answer, but the truth is it does depend and it really depends on who you're trying to reach. But the most important thing to remember, back in the day, it took seven impressions for people to recognize your business and know what you did, uh, mm -hmm. what you do, you know, what you do. Today, it's more like 25 to 30. Those 25 to 30 impressions are because there's so much more noise in the marketplace. There's so many more businesses. There's so many things happening on social media, even friends asking you to donate to their kid's soccer team and buy some chocolate bars, right? Those are all requests for our attention. So a business that in order to stand out, they have to have layers. There should never just be, oh, I advertise on Facebook. We advertise on Facebook with our RoofMax business, but we also advertise in print. And almost always they see both of them, both matter. It's like capturing their attention in multiple different formats. We also do other stuff with video and TV. All of those layers matter. And the bigger your business gets, you should consider having five to seven layers of marketing, five to seven. They call it omni-channel. I hate that because it's a name that nobody knows what it means, but <laughs> I call it layers, right? Magazine, mm -hmm. social media, digital video. Like what are your layers? What are you doing to reach your audience across multiple, uh, you know, multiple areas? No, I think that that's great. And I like layers better just because omni-channel, this air sounds like, hey, I'm everywhere to everybody. And it doesn't, yeah. you know, it, first of all, it's not really tailored. It's not really, you know, maximized for, you know, kind of what people are looking for. And it's also kind of one of those nebulous words that nobody really knows what it means, but everybody throws it around anyway. So I like the idea of layers. So now help me or walk me through, and you started to or touch on it, and I think uh, hit on a lot of great things. You know, <clears throat> if you're doing a, a local marketing you know, one of the things that we talked a little bit about was kind of getting a marketing and content plan. And you started to touch on that and, and went through it a little bit. But how do you what are the, some of those first steps as to how you set up that plan, what you should be considering, what you do? You know, so you, let's say you take the you define your who it or who it is that you should be going after and why they might want your product. Now, how do you kind of build a plan around that? Great question. So um, 
th this is a little more um so there's a lot of different layers to this part of it too so some some businesses are simple they have like one thing a month that are happening so they can just make an annual plan you want to come up with a theme um i wrote a little playbook it's called the marketing playbook that um there's a free copy available on the website as well but it basically just it gives some tips and tricks but one of the things that we did is we talk about the themes each month potential themes like what are the holidays what are the you know national donut days on june 1st father's day mother's day all that stuff just to give people kind of a a brainstorming idea for their ads in the publications because our magazines come out once a month. However, if you're doing social media, for example, we also put together a social media planning calendar and there's 12 different types of social media posts that you can do. And I'm not gonna have them all memorized, but I can tell you some of them, right? One might be a promotional post, hey, we're doing a discount on this. But if you do that all the time, people aren't gonna pay attention to your stuff. So then you could also do a customer testimonial post. Then you could also do an, a company news post like, hey, check out our new logo or our new location. Um, and then you could also do like industry news, like something big happened in the industry and here's what's happening. Here's how we're handling it. So there's 12 of those and you could scatter those throughout a month and just kind of have a plan of, okay, we're going to do a promotional post here, but then we're going to do a cool quote of motivation here. And then we're going to do industry news here. And it gives you kind of a variety over a longer period of time. So it really does take making a plan and thinking about it, depending on what you're doing. Social media, you can post more often. You know, in the magazine, you have one ad a month. In a newspaper, you might be daily. Um, on the radio, you probably need to come up with a new ad every time something changes in the business. There's a, a mattress company that I um, work with up in Logan, uh, another town about an hour north of here. And radio is their very best tool. And it's because that market is kind of an island, right? And they have their own radio station. And anytime they have something new happening happening in their store, any kind of cool new product, they get on the radio and talk about it. And it's very simple, very small town, but it works really well for them. And they're great at the follow-up and they pull people into their stores because of it. So um, some of it's just testing and analyzing what's happening and making adjustments. That's actually the fifth step in a strategic marketing plan is analyzing, not just analytics, because analytics can be a lie, right? Analytics can be like, oh, you got 10,000 clicks, but you only got one sale out of it. Like, what is it actually translating to? And is the are those clicks happening because the video is cute? Or is it happening because people are interested in your business, right? Um, mm -hmm. One of the worst things in the world is to make something go viral, but it does nothing for you, you know? So you've got to find ways to like, target in and find out what is actually working. And then you got to ask questions too. So my son um, with his RoofMax business um, that, that we own together, when he first started, he's like, dad, I'm getting all the leads from Facebook. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, but they all come at the first part of the month. And I was like, okay, I need you to start asking. I already knew what was happening, but I said, I need you to start asking people, where else did you see us? And it was all is like 90% were like, well, I saw you in the magazine and then I saw your Facebook ad. So I clicked on it. It was like a universal answer. And I was like, do you see how those layers work? And he's like, yeah. He's like, that's pretty cool because his calls would go like this at the first of the month when the magazines would come out and then taper off for the rest of the month. You've got to ask those kinds of questions. What's happening? You don't always get the right answers. I did a, an appointment for him up in Brigham City. And I asked the couple, where did you hear about us? And they're like, oh, well, we saw it on Facebook. And I was like, cool, where else did you see us? We don't have a magazine in Brigham City. So I knew it wasn't the magazine. And they said, um... Well, I heard you on the radio and the wife's like, oh yeah, and I saw your billboard. 
And I was like, okay, cool. Well, guess what? We don't do radio or billboards. So I was like, <laughs> people don't always know, but it is mm. good to dig in and ask questions and say, what is actually happening so that you can dial it down and make sure you're wise. You can't spend all the profit on market. I mean, we would love for you to, it would make our marketing company do well, but it doesn't mean your business will do well if all your money goes to marketing. So make good decisions, analyze as you go, adjust, say, you know what, let's pull some money from this. It's not pulling as well. Let's put it over here and try something else. You need a trusted partner if you're going to buy media because there are options. They're buying it at wholesale. We buy it wholesale just like everybody else. So you can buy Facebook. You can buy. You can do them on your own, right? I, I help some of my clients. So they want to do it on their own and they do it on their own. And those, those are options as well. So you just need to figure out what works for you and then repeat and rinse and repeat and rinse. <laughs> No, I think that's uh, a lot of uh, great takeaways, a lot of uh, great advice. Now, we're already reaching towards the end of the podcast, and it feels like we only just barely scratched the surface. So we'll have to have you come back on and uh, share some more expertise sometime. Um, but at least for this episode, as we start to wrap towards the end of it, there's always I always like to ask one question at the end of each episode. So we'll jump to that now, which is within your industry, what is the biggest myth and why is it wrong? So I'm going to answer that from the standpoint of a small local business, because um, I mean, the biggest myth probably in the industry is just, oh, SEO is the, the only way to go. And SEO is important. It's a long-term play though. It doesn't necessarily work really fast, but for the local small business, it's that advertising is too expensive. And I hear it a lot. And I think, you know, you're just, you're, you're limiting your ability to create a business that has lasting impact and that can change you and your family's life by not advertising. You're basically working off word of mouth. Those are the best customers. I'm not arguing about that. They are the best customers. However, when you get, when you only work by referral, you're going to struggle to build a business because unless you're just in an industry that happens to be really hot at the moment. But when that changes, you've got to figure out marketing. You've got to figure out a way to build an audience and bring that audience through your door, whether it's virtually or whatever, but you've got to do that repeatedly and you've got to be able to replicate it over the long term to build a big business or a bigger business and to have something that changes your life, right? That's not just a job that you went from a job to now owning your own job. If you want something bigger, it's you're going to have to find a way to repeat and get more and more business and marketing is the way to do that. So it is expensive. It's just not too expensive. You just need to figure out how to make it work. No, I think that's a great uh, myth to dispel and also some uh, great piece of advice. So, well, now as, as we wrap up the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more. So connectionpubpub.com is our current website. Um, we're in the midst of rebranding. That'll change, but that'll still forward. We'll keep that URL. That'll still forward to us, but you can get a lot of the information like my book and the other stuff there for free. Um, and uh, ryanspelts.com, if they're just interested in following me, I do my own blog and um, some video training and stuff like that. So um, if people want to follow along and learn, um, they're, they're welcome to there as well. And it's Ryan, R-Y-A-N-S-P-E-L-T-S.com. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, support a great business. If nothing else, uh, make a new best friend. So 
with that, thank you again, Ryan, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners are out there, if you can help us to share this expertise with even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success, make sure to click share, subscribe, and leave us a review. Helps us to even reach more people to, to make sure they're success. And on that note, if along your journey, you ever need help with patents or trademarks or anything else with your startup, your small business, make sure to go to strategymeeting.com. Grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Thank you again, Ryan, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you. Appreciate it.